0: Hey everyone, welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast mini-sode, an episode where instead of covering something that aired on Toonami, we cover something sort of Toonami-adjacent. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we watched the uh, 1982 Don Bluth animated movie, The Secret of Nim. Uh, I had heard about this movie quite a bit, but it's something that I had missed in childhood. So I was kind of curious to check it out. Um, It's a fairly well-known movie, uh, mostly because of the kind of, I guess, troubled production. Maybe troubled is the wrong word, but essentially the the backstory of this that's semi-legendary is that Don Bluth was an animator at Disney, uh, and then he and several other animators left and they started to make this movie, and at one point, uh, he and several of his partners mortgaged their houses in Jeez. order to fund it, uh, and then it came out, and it was fairly successful, and, you know, it's one of those kind of, yay, feel-good stories uh, that happens. so frequently in the entertainment industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the the ones that you remember are the ones where people actually win instead of, you know, being totally fucked over for the most part.
1: And you might be wondering why we're following up Hamtaro with this movie. Well, they both have rodents. <laughs> yeah. <off. laughs> they they both
0: have kind of adorable rodent main characters. Uh the main character yeah. of The Secret of Nim is a female mouse named Mrs. Brisby. Uh, Despite the fact that her name in the book that this was based on is Mrs. Frisbee, that's another piece of kind of interesting (laughs) trivia about this movie. Uh, They were going with Frisbee, they recorded the dialogue, and then Frisbee, the company that makes flying discs, was like, yeah, you can't use that for the name. Uh, and they had to re-record some of the dialogue, and in particular, John Carradine's Great Owl, I believe, they couldn't get him to re-record. <laughs> so <laughs> he refers to her as Miss Brisby once, and it's, like, carefully edited, so it sounds like he's saying Brisby instead of Frisby. And I would not want to be the person who has this je- that job, because I can barely edit this podcast together.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that reminds me of when uh, Toy Story came out, uh, but Buzz Lightyear's name was originally Xerox
0: Lightyear. Yeah, that's another well-known instance <laughs> of uh, having to edit a character's name to be completely different, yeah. which, you know, I'm surprised they got away with that. That's pretty impressive. From Xerox to Buzz is a pretty a pretty tough edit, but... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I guess they could just YouTube poop it out and find moments where people said buh and uh us. and <laughs> <Yeah. "Z" laughs> and then just kind of mash it all together. But <laughs> If you watch that movie again, it's real weird to sit through by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With that in mind. Uh so th- this is a pretty interesting movie. I mean, it's kind of t- to be perfectly honest, one of the things that I said about Hamtaro that I wished that it had uh that it doesn't is more of a perspective of the hamsters on the human world and yeah. like a little more of a fantastical nature and oh boy, is this movie exactly that? Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, that
1: borrower's shit that we all know and love. Like, we, we want to see... Right, right. We want to see characters using, like, mundane, tiny human objects, like sewing needles and shit, as, like, swords or other cool yeah, things. Yeah, right, right.
0: Or, like, there's a scene where they use a little, like outdoor lamp as an elevator basically yeah yeah it it gets kind of crazy uh the the (laughs) part of the backstory of this is that there's a society of rats that are super smart uh the i guess the rats of nim and they have this whole like underground city built under a rose bush outside the uh the farmer's house yeah and it's pretty crazy. Like, it's it's really an intense city. Uh, there's also this weird point where there's, like, a semi-political subplot that just kind of flies in about two-thirds oh, yeah. of the way through the movie. Yeah,
1: right, because you've which got, like, the council weird. of rats, and then this other evil rat is, like, looking to yeah, overtake right. it.
0: Because up to that point, there's not really a villain, except, I guess, the inevitability of the humans. Like, the the whole plot of the movie Basically, is that uh, Mrs. Brisby has her kids and one of her children is sick. uh, And their home is built inside this cinder block that's in a field. And very soon, because winter is over, the farmer is going to start plowing his field. And when he does that, their home will be destroyed. So they have to move the kid, but they can't because he's sick. Uh, So they need to find some way to stall the farmer or move the home or something and this kind of sets her off on this adventure where she encounters various other, you know, animals in semi fantastic settings.
1: It, what a, I love it though. It's a what a novel idea it was, and like yeah. I, I love that they have their own world that is and their own kind of like uh fears associated with it that are connected to again like mm-hmm. mundane human things like oh yeah it's mm. time to start farming so okay and yeah just right like, like fuck farming days coming soon like we gotta get out of here you know
0: <laughs> yeah well in this the scene where the farmer is like driving with his tractor and plow is so terrifying yeah <laughs> just this giant like device and it's all shadowy and you you know it's just kind of a silhouette of the farmer it's just this giant yeah. rusty thing tearing apart that's just er- yeah tearing apart their homes like I don't know, there's something really cool about that. It's it's in a way it reminded me of a much more kid friendly version of uh uh Watership Down, which I guess I'm just gonna talk about forever (laughs) now. Uh because Watership Down has a similar kind of feel, although Uh this is of course more, you know, fantasy and the uh the animals are much more uh personified, I guess. But yeah, I actually really liked this movie. Like, yeah. it's. I was it's, blown away by it. This is great. It is also a movie that has a really good, like, balance between being kind of family friendly, but also being serious and yeah. not, like, talking down to its audience, really.
1: Yeah, it's that's a good way got to put some, it. It's
0: Yeah, it's got some pretty scary moments and stuff and i don't know like animation's fantastic
1: through and through you know oh yeah I, jesus christ i I, <laughs> I may have been expecting worse because i had gotten don bluth confused and thought he did the black cauldron and mm. uh yeah no or no, it was a big that part was, of that. that was disney and the black cauldron sucked <laughs> but uh <laughs> sure so yeah. like and then watching this and i was just like well this is fucking awesome and like all the dialogue is really naturalistic and fun and like you know it's got a it, 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 i don't know it's got it's got like a strong female character who's like cool and it's yeah, like a sure. mom, you know and it's not like stereotypical or weird or you know it's it's a
0: yeah no it's handled pretty well naturalistic
1: actually. and fun like it's a really uh funny moments too you got dom deluise playing a crow who's like <laughs> yeah
0: i i will say i got a bit fucking tired of dom deluise <laughs> i liked him uh he he's he's pretty good in the beginning i feel like there comes a point where i'm like okay like i it think is, the <laughs> point where he's getting tied up by the child mice is the point where he's like okay i've had about enough of dom Deloise <laughs> now like there was uh you can you can stop now it, it was funny though because it's like uh i i love that he never
1: he helps a little bit but barely because yeah right like They're, such a bumbling idiot <laughs> and like yeah that is half true the time, <laughs> He's like, "Oh, I want to help. Here, let me come with you." <laughs> and Ms. Brisby just like finds a way to send him off. Is she's like clearly yeah, she... just trying to get him, get him off her back? Like, yeah, yeah. she's just
0: trying to get rid of him. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, actually, you know what you can do? Like, go watch my kids. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> and that's... he leaves. It's like, thank God that fucking idiot's yeah. out of here.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I, I, I do that.
0: appreciate that. That's pretty funny. Um, one other note that I want to make is. Well, I I guess I have a couple more things, but uh, I I get the feeling that uh, Don Bluth doesn't like cats very much, (laughs) just based on the fact that there is a cat in this, which is, of course, a predator to pretty much every protagonist character and looks fucking evil. Like, looks awesome, but looks totally evil.
1: He has, like, one missing eye (laughs) and... And the cat is huge and its name is dragon yeah, which is right, a fucking right. awesome name
0: <laughs> i forgot that its name is dragon there's like this great, awesome cat there's mate. this great scene where uh uh brisbee has to has to drug the cat so that it's asleep so that they can escape from something and she's inside the house and the like the cat has a bowl of food and it just says dragon on the side and there's something <laughs> so funny about that to me i yeah. can't explain it at all like I want to name a cat Dragon.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> a great
0: cat name. Or dog name really, like any pet. Well, yeah. like you know what a great you know what a great pet to name Dragon would be? A fucking hamster. Think about that.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> the most yeah, the, badass the missing... uh <laughs> pamtaro cast members
0: yeah dragon i don't know i just love that cat so much and yeah aside from dragon of course there's also the fact that the cats are like the ultimate evil in uh an american tale oh yeah yeah (laughs) where literally the russian mice are escaping russia to go to america and sing about how there are no cats in america (laughs) and then they show up and oh guess what there are cats in america Dumbledore must also Uh, really like mice Yeah, I mean, also, it's just, like, I mean, yes, but also, I feel like mice are, like, a very, uh, this era of cartoon protagonist for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, even down to, like, Tom and Jerry, kind of, you know? Like, you never like the cat. It's just because cats are predators, I guess, and mice kind of aren't. So, you always want to root for the underdog. So... You know that's where it comes from, but, but still, I I I will stand, I will die on this hill. I think Don Bluth doesn't like cats. Great. prove me wrong.
1: You know, I think my favorite segment of this movie uh, was when Mrs. Brisby visits the owl. Like the there's like oh yeah the great, that's great. Like, sage owl, and she's like terrified to go there because that owl also eats mice. <laughs>
0: yeah right but it's he's like owl. venerated in
1: the in their little region as like this like uh sage you know this he's like a, brilliant. yeah right he's a sage yeah. or something and uh when he comes in he's just like dark and like has this john carradine voices him he's got this like gravelly old voice and he's like got cobwebs covering him and it looks awesome it's like oh so, yeah it's, it looks so really cool
0: like glowing eyes and shit like also this movie the character designers have a real knack for making the bad characters look fucking crazy (laughs) it's pretty
1: obvious what a a character's gonna be evil
0: i mean i guess that's not necessarily true because the owl isn't really evil and the uh the main rat i think nicodemus is his name also isn't evil like they're both benevolent but they look so fucking terrifying uh the I guess the the main thing that's like evil that really looks evil and terrifying that I can think of is when Brisbee is going to meet the owl, there's a point where there's a spider creeping up on her, oh yeah, uh before it gets absolutely crushed to shit by the owl, and that spider man <laughs> holy shit, it looks scary well, the,
1: there's an evil rat that like is is he looks to be a usurper and he looks pretty
0: yeah evil. right. <laughs> Well, yeah, but he, I don't know. I wouldn't say he looks as scary as the owl or, like, Nicodemus do. He, I mean, yes, he's clearly evil, but he's not, like, otherworldly and terrifying. twisted and old and kind of strange. Yeah. But, I, like, this is the kind of movie that I saw it, and I was like, if I have kids at any point in my life, I'm showing them this fucking movie. Like, (laughs) it was that good and i feel like it you know it hits its target audience really well it doesn't talk down to them as i said before there are some pretty terrifying scenes in it frankly there are some pretty dark things in it also uh but it's you know it's still like powerful and emotional and stuff i don't know it's yeah. really good and very sparkly it is very sparkly um,
1: they do they do love just having all sorts of shiny they love the shiny sparkly shit on screen
0: yeah but it looks great and i wish that hamtaro was more like it
1: in pretty much <laughs> <Yeah>. every way <laughs> yeah i can agree with that like
0: it was it was such a crazy follow-up to that boring ass show about a bunch of hamsters doing nothing it was like oh it could have been like this fun adventure that still like kind of makes sense but is a little fantastic it could have had a plot um you yeah, know well, that, that too it could have had that too or, yeah at least played with scale <laughs> yeah uh, so we are going to be moving on to another fantasy thing, which is He Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, also known as He Man versus the Snake Men, I believe. Really? I am yes. I am not sure why it has two titles. We have been calling it He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, we might dig into that now, next week when we get He-Man. around to it. No, it is not. This is, it not, is the, your grandpa's, not your grandpa's <laughs> He-Man. Yeah, this is not your father's He-Man. Uh, it's the 2002 revisitation of He-Man with, you know, presumably better animation and, yeah. like, a plot that is greater than Skeletor wants to kill people. Right, um, right. I, I'm hoping that Skeletor's voice sounds similar, because if there's one thing I can't abide, it's an 80s villain having an iconic voice and then... It's like remade and they're like, Yeah, let's make the voice sound actually threatening. Like, no, come on. Keep yeah, keep him you gotta, this cackling weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep the Cobra Commander voice Chris Lotta, is what I say. Don't try yeah, to make it sure. badass. It has to be screechy. Uh, but I'm very interested in that. Among other things, it'll give us an excuse to watch uh She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which is a different kind of reboot of a franchise. But We'll get to that eventually. Uh, Next week, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week.